Welcome to Transform Now, the podcast brought to you by robotic process automation pioneer, SSNC Blue Prism. Digital transformation has the potential to reshape the way companies service their customers, engage their employees, and manage their operations. Whether you're looking to develop strategies, tactics, or best practices to positively impact the future of work, or you're curious to see how other companies have successfully navigated their digital transformation programs, then this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform now. Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Hairston with SSNC Blue Prism. Welcome to the Transform Now podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to have as my guest, Namita Pandey, Director of Digital Innovation and Strategy, R&D at Pfizer, a Blue Prism customer and also named by BCG as one of the most innovative companies in the world. Namita and I will be discussing the automation journey at Pfizer and also the role that automation has played in her career. Welcome, Namita. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Thank you so much, Brad, for this opportunity. I'm really excited to be here. I'm an innovation and strategy lead for R&D division within Pfizer. I have been with Pfizer for close to eight years and in the pharmaceutical vertical for more than 18 years. Before joining the current role, I was the engagement lead for automation and my role was to accelerate the adoption of automation within Pfizer. So we used Blue Prism and we used few other technologies to really accelerate the adoption of automation within Pfizer. I look forward to hearing all about it. So Namita, let's, let's start here. Why don't you just talk about the automation journey at Pfizer and how it has evolved over the years. Can you sum up for us what that has looked like? Sure. So automation journey started around 2018 with robotic process automation. It was a novel project at that time. Since then, we have been helping all the areas within Pfizer, including research and development, scientists, finance, supply chain, manufacturing, as well as the office of the CEO, and including digital to automate their existing processes and make their work faster and more efficient. We have now added many new services like robotic desktop application, power automate, intelligent capabilities as well like OCR, IDP, as well as process mining within our team. So automation has been instrumental in our company's digital transformation. Our 600 plus automations are saving our colleagues approximately 1.2 million hours annually. This equates to roughly 600 colleagues worth of work. We have also automated 90% of the company's transactional processes, which allows colleagues to focus on meaningful work that can help us achieve our mission of developing breakthroughs and change patients' lives. In our industry, the average number of automations per company is approximately 120. With over 600 automations deployed, we are five times ahead of the industry average. All of these benefits are also helping us retain and attract the top talent as colleagues are happy to set a digital worker do the repetitive mundane work and hence we are able to give them a better experience. Wow, 600 automations across multiple functional areas, R&D, finance, supply chain, office of the CEO. Really, really impressive, Namita. It's also great to hear how many intelligent skills that you've added to your digital workforce. I was trying to keep count as you were 
rattling them off. Can you talk about how the addition of intelligent skills came about as you you grew the automation capability at Pfizer? So we started very much with the rule-based automations. And over a period of time, we realized we can get more intelligent. So we added more capabilities like intelligent document processing and OCR, as well as process mining. But we started with robotic process automation. Then we also realized there was a demand for people to really do a lot of citizen development. And Mm. they wanted to go and really create their own automations. And hence, we really got into Power Automate. The other thing we noticed, there were many folks who did not need a robotic process automation because they didn't have the funds. And then Mm -hmm. we needed a simpler solution for them. We used robotic desktop automation for that. So it was like really easy, really cheap. We could get them out in three to four weeks. It would run on their machine. But then those were for non-GXP, non-compliant systems. So really was able to help them get simple things automated, like creating reports, getting stuff out from one place to another. Simple data entry kind of stuff was done using RDA. So all of these different solutions definitely helped. But more than any of this, I think the launch of COVID vaccine a year and a half back Mm. really accelerated the adoption. Because of the launch of the vaccine, we had an exponential increase in the volume of adverse events and our safety team in Europe needed to ramp up to meet the demand. Hence, we created few process automations to download the report, upload them to our internal system with various categories and so on. We deployed this automation initially only for few countries within Europe and then scaled it to all of Europe. And now it's deployed globally. With this automation alone, we are able to save approximately 350,000 hours annually. And it really helped safety team to manage the backlog, cost, quality, as well as meet the FDA timelines for submitting these reports. During the same time, during COVID, we also used RPA, again, Blue Prism processes, to really process and do a lot of data entry for a lot of clinical trial data as well. So again, by doing that, we were able to help our colleagues process the data almost 88% faster than before. So it was a big success as well. Yeah. Everyone knows that Pfizer led the pack in terms of getting the COVID vaccine out early. I guess that was 2021 when it, when it came out. But not everyone is aware of the role that intelligent automation played in in that process. So thank you for highlighting that. That's a really great story. Namita, I want to ask you about your internal marketing of your intelligent automation capability to the rest of the organization. You mentioned earlier about all the different functional areas that you expanded into over time. How exactly... Did you guys communicate and promote automation and get people's attention such that they wanted to come and work with you and take advantage of this? As you know, whenever you start a new project or a new service, you really need to educate folks so that you can find the right use cases for that. And for similar reasons, we had to do something very similar. We started a campaign called Automation Domination. And through this campaign, we were able to get some budget where we were able to not only just add global team members, but also create a lot of campaign material. We were able to create a lot of videos, small, short videos, few minute videos. We were able to go do roadshows at various locations. 
and give demos, run different boot camps and various other things just so that we could educate folks what automation is, what are the benefits of automation and why they should leverage it. There was a very interesting example I used to talk to them. And one is that we are using automation in our personal lives, right? So there are people who are using Tesla. There are some folks who are using Instant Pot or robotic vacuum cleaner. And the one that really works and everyone gets to understand is many, many years back, we all had to get up and change the channel or increase the volume for our television sets. Mm -hmm. And now we sit on our couch and we use a remote control to do it. Sometimes we don't even need to use a remote control. It could be voice activated or it could be through your phones. Mm -hmm. So what has changed? It's just an innovation that has happened, right? You have now automated it. You have completed an innovation that instead of a human person getting up and changing the channel, now you're able to do it through a click of a button. And Exactly. Those are the kind of things we want to do here. Things that you don't want to do. Things that are very boring, mundane, very regular, repetitive. Those are the kind of things we want you guys to really give away. Let automation, let a bot do it for you. You may be able to get better compliance. You will be able to reduce the hours that you're spending on those things and then use it more for innovative ideas, right? You can now go build more innovation because we can completely offload you from all the manual work that you were doing. And those were kind of things that we explained to our colleagues. We also did a lot of marketing within our social uh, mm -hmm. intranet sites, that is by using messages in Yammer, Teams, go live right. messages, talking about what automation went live, use cases. And again, same things as roadshows and boot camps. All of these things really helped because people understood what we are doing, how we can help them. Then we used to go and meet with them, look into their use cases and uh, either solve end to end or at least solve a portion of their problem, which also helped them quite a bit. Mm. Well, I love the automation domination <laughs> name. That is, that is a great brand, really sets the tone for sure. You mentioned innovation and the idea that automation is innovation. Talk about the influence that your executive leaders had and how they kind of propelled your program forward. If you could maybe share some of the things they said or did in getting the organization focused on uh, automation, making it a core competency, if you will. I'm very thankful because I think everyone understood the value of automation very quickly, at least the ELT team members, and that really helped. So earlier when we would go, that I'm talking about 2019 and 2020, we would go to the groups and talk about automation. People would worry, what if I do automation? Will my job go, right? Mm -hmm. Will I lose my job because I'm giving a bot to do my job? Am I replaceable and stuff like that? But then our EMT team members really changed the tone. They talked about it. They said, bring innovation, bring innovation to your team. If you bring innovation and you bring automation to your work, we would be happier. We will really regard you guys as innovative team members. And that really changed the tone. So everyone was interested. It was like almost everyone wanted to really get into automation. We sure. had so much demand that we had to say, we cannot take this many projects at this moment. And it really changed because 
Now people are not worried about losing their job. They realize that if they do automation, it will look good in their performance review. They will be outstanding. They will have a, mm. a complete different view. And and lots and lots of colleagues actually learned what automation is. And once they did some work with us, they came back with more ideas and they talked about how automation has helped them and they would bring more use cases to us. So it, it became also the word of mouth and we had a lot of repeat customers because of this. And as I said, the go live messages that I'm talking about, we would share these go live messages in bigger Yammer channels and Teams channel. And that really helped as well, because now everyone is understanding how automation helped 350,000 hours of human Mm. work, right? And stuff like that. The numbers really speak to themselves. And when we shared last year our dashboard and talked about 1.2 million hours savings, now you can imagine who doesn't want to get into this automation boat, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be part of it because they all want to see how they can really help retain their team members and do better work than what they're doing. Well, that's fantastic. If there's one thing you want to be called, it's innovative, right? We, mm-hmm. we all want that adjective used in combination with our names. So that's a great okay. motivator. Yes. Well, you, you've talked a little bit about it already, but last year in particular, the automation team achieved some really, really incredible results. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah. So I think last year we started because of the COVID vaccine, we really had more savings than previous years because of all the COVID projects were live and we were able to find the savings and account for those savings. So we were earlier only 500,000 hours, 550,000 hours annually, and then because of the, some of the projects that I was talking about earlier, we were able to go up to 1.2 million hour of savings, as well as we have 500 plus automations that we are running at this moment. So definitely we added a lot more. And also mm. we started doing more than just rule-based automation. So earlier we were really doing only rule-based. Now we were able to add few other capabilities like OCR and intelligent document processing and process mining and stuff like that. So we were able to really reach more global. Many times we would do one project for one country and now we were able to expand it and scale it to other countries. And hence, sometimes there were easy wins, sometimes there were difficult wins, but we were really able to expand to many more folks, I would say, and Mm -hmm. many, many other countries and regions to bring these automation savings. Oh, that's great. You, you mentioned process mining. Could you talk a little bit about just how you've been y- using that and, and what kind of benefits you've had from it to date? Sure. So we've been using Abbey Timeline to really help us find the bottlenecks in our existing processes. So we have used it with Workday and ServiceNow and few homegrown request manager, not request manager itself, but many ticketing systems that are homegrown, right? So we've been Mm -hmm. really able to use that and figure out where are the bottlenecks? What is their existing process look like? It was very interesting. We thought any job, any process, let's assume a salary change would have maybe 10 different variations, maybe 50 different variations, right? And how a process would run. But when we ran this tool, we realized we were able to see there are 2000 variations that are happening because of different kind of data or issues that may happen. And so getting that kind of data and then figuring out where can we really bring automation? What can we do to make our KPIs and really 
meet our timelines was very important. So we were able to get to efficiency approximately 60 to 70% further after we looked into process mining and seeing what the data gave us. Wow, that's really impressive. Namita, when you've used Abby Timeline, is it is it primarily the center of excellence that's looking at the outputs or do you have others from the business units that are kind of looking at the the outputs and trying to help identify bottlenecks and things like that? I'm, I'm just curious yeah. about the consumption of all the, the outputs that come from that. So it's a very interesting tool, but uh, just digital center of excellence will not be able to make a headway out of the information that will come out of the tools like this. You really need to involve the business because they understand what the data is and what we are, and they will be able to really help find what they need to look for, right? So they can say, Mm -hmm. okay, for this country, for that, this, for this feature, for this project. And then you really work with them to really create these actionable insights. And it takes only a matter of minutes to really put, get everything out once you have the correct data and you have the right business team who can help you drive the data and explain. So yes, we definitely worked with the business team members who were managing these processes to get this data out, to help Mm -hmm. us with this. Yep. It's neat to hear that this has given the COE another vehicle for engaging with the business and navigating to the right automation opportunities. That's that's really, really great. I love it. So you, you've shared a lot of great information about where the automation program at Pfizer has gone to date. What's the go forward plan for the program? Are there any new technologies that you're looking to integrate with your digital workforce? So as you can imagine, everyone is talking about generative AI, right? It's the <laughs> new buzzword. And Pfizer also, we are looking at generative AI and seeing how it can help. Because we always had use cases with NLP and NLG, which we always reviewed, but we did not know how to process them. Sometimes we had issues with them. Sometimes we were able to do it, but only so much. The success rate wasn't that great earlier. But now with the NLM models, we are seeing so much more. We are seeing the success is so much more because it came. Really, it keeps the context, it understands much more. You are able to train it much better. It's faster and everything else, right? So for those reasons, within Pfizer also, we are definitely looking for such use cases and trying to see how we can use generative AI for the next round of automations. And within RPA side, I don't know if we will be able to plug in generative AI at the moment, but yes, there is there's always a... A good marriage, right? If you can do things from generative AI and then you can pick it up from robotic process automation. So now you've got the marriage of both worlds. But I am not saying that's something which we have really looked in at the moment, right. but there's always a thought behind that. Mm-hmm. So at the yeah. moment, we're really looking into generative AI companies that can really help us get yeah. to the next level. Yeah, I mean, Pfizer is is typically on the leading edge in a lot of areas. So I, I'm not surprised to hear... <laughs> that you're already thinking about that, looking at ways you could take advantage of it. As you probably know, we've got connectors to it, to at least to the OpenAI's ChatGPT product that some customers are starting to explore and, and see how they can leverage it. It'll be interesting times ahead just to see Thank how that you. develops. I, I cannot be happier. I think there will be a major shift in how we do things today to what mm-hmm. we do in a few days, right? Even to writing simple 
things how we used to go and write now, we are able to get the content directly from using these chat GPT and things like that. So it's it's definitely a big shift in mindset. Uh-huh. And I think there's there's a lot to come. We are still, yeah. I would say, just exploring at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And I also think there will be a lot more on citizen development. I uh, We are already making a mark there. I have seen power automate kind of projects continuing mm-hmm. to grow because more and more people want to build it on their own. They don't want to go through someone. And if it's easy enough, they're able to build it. So I can see that there will be more demand for such citizen development as well as uh, mm-hmm. intelligent automation in various ways, right? right. So we are, of course, I'm talking about generative AI, but there is in generative AI, there could be imaging, there could be so much more that we haven't done at this mm-hmm. moment. But again, Everything is on the table at the moment. I think yeah. we are looking at all places and all things, and uh, there's a lot that can happen in the next few years. Namita, back at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned all the areas of the business in which you've delivered automations, finance, R&D, supply chain, et cetera. Could you maybe just talk about how that scaling occurred? I, I'm curious to hear about that because it, it's often difficult for companies to take their automation capability across functional areas like you have done? Sure. So we started with, I would say, finance was one big place where we did a lot of automations. And you can imagine with rule-based automations, right? You can get so much work done uh, with Mm -hmm. RPA because we were really able to simulate a user, uh, able to get approvals and everything else, bring human into the loop. And slowly we expanded towards global product development area, that is GPD area, R&D, safety, compliance, as well as HR. It was interesting. We didn't think we would make so much of headway in various areas, including compliance and uh, HR as well. Workday was interesting. We also Mm -hmm. reached to the office of the CEO and he needed some, not him, it's himself, but his administrators needed some simple automations to manage their workload. And we were able to create automations for them to manage the itineraries and the plans and uh, stuff like that and to manage Mm -hmm. their emails and so much more, right? So what I feel is automation can be leveraged anywhere. It can be, even with scientists. So that was another interesting one when we were able to really meet few scientists and able to share with them. And we were able to help them find some automation opportunities as well. But overall, the most impactful ones have been in safety, compliance, finance, and HR. Fantastic. Namita, to wrap up our conversation, I would love for you to give us your thoughts on the role that automation has played in your career path and your development as a professional, especially now that you've moved into a new role in the organization. Talk about the impact it's had and and what would you say to the younger generation that's coming into the workforce right now? Should they explore automation, for example? How would you advise them? Thank you, Brad. This is a wonderful question. Um, Sometimes you sit back and think, where did you start and where have you reached, right? So. As you asked this question, I was thinking about it. I started in Pfizer eight years back. And in 2017, I came up with this idea of putting a chatbot out there. Uh, One of the business unit agreed and we deployed. And it was the first chatbot that went live in 2017. It was a new thing. Not many people knew the terminology. Not many people understood what it can do. 
And of course, it got blown up right after, right? Everyone wants to use chatbot. They, no one wants to go to frequently asked questions within the website anymore. So that was the beginning of my automation journey in some ways. I started there and then there was a position in intelligent automation services team where I was really asked to help them with deploying a lot of chatbots and machine learning solutions. So that was very interesting. It was a completely different ball game for me. I was more into Java, C++ kind of work and the websites work. So this was a little challenging for me, but I loved it and I took it over, did well. And then there was a position that opened up in robotic process automation. So you can see that it started from chatbot to intelligent mm-hmm. automation to, again, to RPA. And RPA was interesting because people who could not do things in intelligent automation because they were not ready or things were not up to speed at that moment. Now with robotic process automation, we were able to go anywhere, get anything done because we're really simulating a user. We're not bringing intelligence. We're not bringing cognition. It was just rule-based automations. We were able to make a lot of headway. I think I got lucky with how I was at the right place at the right time, but it was also the drive to learn what's new and how to leverage it and then test it out. As I said, the first chatbot that I built, I did not know if it will go anywhere. Or the times I brought new services within my team, I did not know whether we would be able to do it or not, whether I'll be successful or not. We got IDP recently last year. I had no idea how we will get projects for it. But then I had some feeling that, yes, this can work. And going out and showing people, this is what a handwritten note looks like. And this is what the project can do. And now it can read that. It can categorize it. You can do all unstructured data and structure it, right? So for my advice to everyone is don't, don't be afraid of change. Look for new things that are in the world, that are in the marketplace. Right now, everyone is talking about generative AI. Don't just use the generative AI to ask questions and just don't do with that. Do more than that. Go and see how you can really learn about that technology. How does it work at the back end? What does it do? Where else can you use it instead of just asking questions? Can, it, can you leverage it for your existing work? How can you really understand this technology from various angles so that when people are talking about it, you know much more. It's not just Microsoft that has come up with generative AI and ChatGPT. There are many various LLM models that are out there. Which one is the right one for you? Which is the right thing that you need to do? So there's a lot. Being in the center of excellence, I was also lucky that I got to work with various business organizations and transform. Digital transformation was really easy because now as I said, it's rule-based automation. We were running our blue prism in a regulated environment so we could really do any kind of processes. We didn't have to worry about it from compliance point of view. So with that, I was able to understand what people do in safety, in compliance, in HR. I was able to meet people from various groups and understand their business side. So my point to new folks who are joining the workforce, whether you are going to start from digital side or in the business side, understand this technology You will find use cases within your area because it will help you to transform, to bring the digital transformation. And as I was mentioning earlier, when you do come up with such ideas which are innovative, you become the innovator. And then you are really 
looked up for something more than just a normal person who's doing their work efficiently. It's like, oh, this person can figure out how to do it. <laughs> so you are more of an innovator. So I want more innovators in this workplace. Outstanding words of wisdom, Namita. And it's a great place for us to wrap up today. Let me offer my thanks to you for being on the podcast and sharing the Pfizer automation story, sharing your professional story, all really, really great stuff. And congratulations to you and your team for all the tremendous benefits that you've realized through intelligent automation at Pfizer. It, it's been a real privilege meeting you and talking with you, and I wish you the very best. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. Thanks for tuning in to Transform Now. For more insightful discussions on digital transformation and more, check out our podcast channel where you'll find all of our previous episodes. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player. And if you like what you've heard, please leave us a review. For more information about digital transformation and the future of work, check out blueprism.com to learn how SSNC Blueprism's digital workforce is enabling enterprise transformation now.